It's a Friday and that can only mean one thing. Another CEO will be taking us along on their journey to becoming. This week, our CEO is none other than Paula Henrietta Mugisa of TESA, who is all about creating simple, unique and practical business content to meet entrepreneurs' business needs, but also building a community of African entrepreneurs to grow together and support each other. Good morning, Africa. Welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Adong. Tailor-made business solutions is a term you will hear a lot in the line of business and entrepreneurship. Our CEO today revels in tailor-made business solutions and course creation for curriculums for African entrepreneurs. So, who is Paula Mugisa and what is PESA? I'm a Christian, I'm a mom, I'm a business development consultant. Um, I support MSMEs start, set up and grow in Africa. So all of this work I do under TESA, um, what for the past three years has been TESA Advisory Services, now we're just TESA. Um, and yeah, that's what TESA does. We support African entrepreneurs, predominantly female entrepreneurs. Um, the, idea came from, the idea came from my life, um, as I suppose with most entrepreneurs. Um, I was saying recently on an interview that I... Um, I always wanted to go. I always wanted to run. I wanted to try things. I grew up in a, a single mother household. I quickly understood the meaning of independence and money and being able to do what you want. Youngest of five. And so I quickly understood that the way to do that was business. Um, and I've tried as many Ugandans and many Africans so many things to supplement uh, my income, to grow as a person, to be able to do what I want, go where I want, like every other human being. Um, and business is a perfect avenue to do that. And it's fun. And I just figure, figured out if I'm having a hard time doing this, many people must have a hard time doing this. Um, so why don't I figure it out and support many other people, especially women, to do the same. When was TESA established? TESA was established um, a little over three years ago. Um, I have been doing business development work since 2010, um, so 11 years, which is very, very interesting. Um, however, at the time that I was doing it, um, like many other people, it was a side hustle or there were freelance gigs I was working. I worked for the government of Uganda. And so um, about that time when I had my daughter, decided to make it a legit operation, hence TESA, um, which is from the Luganda verb to tese, uh, which means to plan, to tese, which means to plan. Um, yeah, so three years ago, we thought TESA advisory services, why don't we come in? and support small and medium enterprises in Uganda to start, um, strategize, plan, and implement their business activities. Um, which means, Ruth, I walk into your establishment and figure out what you want to do, what you've not yet done, what will make you grow faster, bigger. I would um, put together what that strategy is, put together a plan of activities to implement and then implement those activities. Um, and that's really how business development works in this economy and many other economies like Uganda. Um, you go in and you do the work for the business as part of a business team for a short to medium period of time. However, in doing that model, the traditional business development model, um, we saw a transition on the rising. We saw that we're only helping a certain amount of what was mainly honestly medium enterprises 
implement their business activities. So we weren't helping the majority of really micro small businesses or people who wanted to start who we have millions of, right? Um, from the youth to the recently graduated to those who are in corporate and employed, but still trying to figure out a way to implement their passions, make more money, use their skills, have more impact. And so I thought, why don't we transition away from the advisory services to just be an online hub that creates these resources and these results that we have figured out to work in this market and give them to as many people as possible significantly cheaper. And so, yeah, that's what happened. One of the things I'm most proud of is our maiden course, our first course. So we called it the Tutan K course to keep it um, local, Ugandan and African. Um, it's a nine-module heavy course, 44 lessons, 44 multimedia lessons, which means that each lesson there's a video version, an audio version, and a text version. And it's everything that I could think of that any starting new or growing business in this market needed um, to formalize, to have impact, to grow, um, to have more reach, and definitely more customers and more money. So um, it's all of the stuff from what business idea is most suitable for me, not just the one that I see Ruth doing that I think I'm going to make money from, which one is aligned to my skills and passions, how do I sell, what is strategy, how do I develop one for my small business, how do you even implement these things, okay fine I have the idea but like how do you start, how do you brand, how do you market, business processes, taxation, finance, 44 lessons, so it's a lot of stuff on there. We have gotten a lot of feedback. Uh, people formalize their business. People avoid issues with um, URA. Um, people register their businesses and grow outside of Uganda. People go online. People build e-commerce shops. People leave their jobs, which is exciting to pursue business full time. People create um, multiple income streams in a business they already had, but hadn't figured out how to make more money through different products and services. We've had all that. Um, and we're changing it. Um, I think my initial idea two years ago in that Tandikai course was um, we don't need to be expensive, right? And we don't need to... I see a lot of people offering like business support online, how to do Instagram, giving like little bits and bobs, like here's the first thing, pay for the second day. I don't kind of like that model. And it's disingenuous. So I was like, why don't I get every single thing that I know and give it to people at once. It has worked for those who are really hungry, who really wanted to do something. Um, some people have felt like, yeah, this is overwhelming, this is a lot of stuff. And so we are changing it, not to be less, but maybe to be bite-sized. And we added on the coaching program so that we could uh, handhold and work with people as they implement this coaching. Did your business being online, did it, did it, did COVID change anything for you? Did you see more people coming on or was it, we have to go back to, you know, uh, phase one and we start to, to make sure we're reaching people the way we need to reach them. To be completely honest, um, I think that COVID coming was fantastic for our business. Um, I unfortunately do not relate to other people and I empathize with them who COVID was very hard for their businesses. What happened, which I didn't mention um, in our transition, is in our second year, at the end of 2019, I realized, at least for me, that business development work was being like a glorified employee for multiple institutions um, rather than helping the masses of entrepreneurs who we set out to help. 
And so I said, why don't we just get all these good things we do and put them somewhere? No idea, COVID, no nothing. So we launched as an online business in January of 2020 and then, you know, released our first module, we released our podcast, vlog, you know, all of those things. Um, no idea of COVID again. So it just worked out beautifully where businesses that needed to transition, change, figure out what next, people who had ideas who are planning to impl implement them in 2020, were all coming to us. Um, we set up like a basic, very basic website page to explain to people what that course is. And in three weeks, 1,800 people went on that one very basic page um, that we set up. And when I say, I can't explain to you how basic, 1,800 people. Um, I think definitely that was spurred on by COVID, but I also think that there is like a new movement and rising. The problem with Uganda and Africa, we don't have that much data, but there really is people who are hungry for information because they want to use that information to do something differently. And Ugandans have proved that. Um, not what you think of, like, Ugandans don't like to study, they don't want to read, they don't want to learn. All of those things might be true in a way, but people are also hungry and they are seeing more and more now that we are two years into this pandemic, that they have to do things differently. So it worked beautifully for us. We were so busy and it was fantastic. The conversation with Paula Mugisa continues next Friday. A quick view of the other stories making it into the podcast. Nigeria incurred the highest cyber attacks in Africa. According to a Kispersky report, Nigeria recorded 61.7 million cyber attacks, while South Africa recorded 31.5 million attacks. Kenya came in third after experiencing 32.8 million attacks in the first six months of the year. Kenya, South Africa and Nigeria have all shown significant annual growth in the number of threats targeting companies and users when compared to the same period last year. Kaspersky recorded a 24.6% increase in attacks in Nigeria, followed by South Africa with 16.6% and Kenya with a 15.9% increase, respectively. The dominant threat actors on the continent identified by Kaspersky include Lazarus, Deathstalker, Cactus Pete, and I Am The King. Ransomware has also become a significant threat vector targeting users and organizations locally. A quick look at the markets. The Kenya shilling hit an all-time trading low at 112.43 units to the dollar amid increased import activities by local traders. The currency traded above the 112 levels on Thursday morning before strengthening to 111.95 in the afternoon. Forex traders attributed the weak shilling to high dollar demand from sectors such as energy, which continued outstripping supply, reduced dollar inflows from key exports such as tea and horticulture combined with high demand for high currencies for machinery, oil and capital equipment imports have continuously held pressure on the local currency. Further, Forex reserves, which play a key role in stabilizing the shilling and paying off external debt, were eroded by 41.2 billion shillings last month. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the Key Financial. And if you have suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the Key Financial. And you can find me on Twitter at the Dawn.